Just my, this is Sammy Nassar. Hi. Sammy Nassar. Hello, Sammy Nassar. Hello. How are you? Oh, well, I'm fine. But let me ask you, have you listened to the podcast yet? So I listened to um, the um, the majority of one of them when you guys were talking about my friends and I, actually. I am actually one of the original buds of 94. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that episode has gotten the most listens, and I'm pretty sure because it spread like wildfire in your in your like immediate group. Everyone's like, "Holy shit, Nick's talking about." It. Right. I actually got a message from a friend of mine who sent it to me, and she's like, "Oh my god!" She was a friend from Omaha who actually came to visit, and she told me about it uh, because she met all the buds in '94, and she thought that it was so amazing the way we. Uh, lived our lives and uh, it was just because growing up in El Paso which I heard you guys talking about as well was so different from what most people experienced at our age so uh, you know she sent it to me because she thought it was awesome and then I listened to it and I thought it was awesome and I, I got a kick out of it it was fun well, yeah. <laughs> well Nick's very excited to have you so I'm, ex- I'm excited by proxy to this was you. very spontaneous like you just dropped it on me yesterday he's like hey you how about you how about you be a guest? And I'm like, oh, I've never done anything like this before, but hey, why not? I don't know if this is your experience with talking to Nick, but he's very hard to get on via text message. But he texts my message me so many times about, I think we have a guest. We're going to have a guest. We have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's not true. He's actually very easy to get a hold of. I'm just wanted yeah. to disparage him. I just want to be clear that I wasn't just excited about having a guest. But I was excited about having this guest. <laughs> In all fairness, I think you were just—I think you were being careful. Like, if it didn't happen, didn't want to like spoil it, so that we could potentially have you in the future. I think I th- was my reaction worth it, Nick? Ah, uh, totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel honored. I really do. Thank the you for f- thinking that I'm cool. I like well, that. I, no one said you're cool, dude. But uh, no, I have to earn that. I gotta. <laughs> Coolness. You can't just give that to this me. This is I, not I, a podcast for cool people. This is not. This is not. Oh, I'm out then. I gotta go. Oh, oh okay. Now I want your approval. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Wait, are you guys already drinking? Uh, I'm. Uh, you know what? I, I I cracked a beer because I've I've got. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't I'm know. Just why. Jealous. That's all. <laughs> yeah. I, I I said I figured uh, if we're gonna be talking about. Uh, my experiences uh, back in high school with my friends. And, uh, you know, why not have a little uh, reminiscent factor going into my, my, my tasty lips? And, you That's know, right. when, in Rome, when in Rome, Jess, uh, yes. You're this not is in Rome. Rome. I'm not close to it. You should sort of show the view, you know? Oh, you know what? We're, we're, we're on top of the world up here. Well, and... you guys are by an ocean, it looked like, or a, a gulf. Huh? I, saw, I, I saw water behind you. No, no, that was just a, a glare. No, it's mountains. There was a lake back there. We're we're up in the mountains of Rio Doso, New Mexico. I live Ooh. up here. I own a condo hotel here, and uh, Nick and his uh, his brother Paul, who's one of my best friends, or my best friend from third grade. I remember the day I met Paul. Actually, uh, uh, Nick and your whole family had just moved to El Paso. And uh, we met at church, I believe, yeah, through St. George. And then uh, my, I remember my dad, he introduces me to Paul. He says, Sammy, this is your new best friend, Paul. No! <laughs> <laughs> and it was right. He became my best friend. And we've been, uh, I mean, here we are 35 years later. And, you know, we're like brothers. 
Oh yeah, if, if that, I've known Nick for about thirty-five years as well. So, so, so this is actually important. Is Nick more like your little brother, or is he like your friend, or like what? Did he start out like the little brother, or? <laughs> I consider Nick like family, absolutely, because uh, we grew up uh, together, and I was over at their house all the time. Like their his parents' house was uh, kind of our meeting spot. We would always uh, all oh. all of us would just show up. So remember Andy Andy McIndoo would just walk in. He was their neighbor. He'd just walk in, help himself to the fridge, eat whatever he wanted in the fridge. But uh, yeah, growing up, uh, you know, just similar to Nick, he comes from a family of four boys, just like me. My my parents had four boys as well, so we both oh. have. Oh broke. my god, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. That's so we have a lot of like similarities. shit you can't like make happen. So wait. My mom did a similar thing to me in middle school. I was afraid to go to my middle school. I was a Catholic school. I was afraid, like we were in orientation and my mom grabbed the girl right behind me and said, you two are friends now. And so, but now that didn't stick, but uh, what, <laughs> why? I, girls are, what did you do wrong? No, no. Yeah, no, it's super on me. You read, you read the room, right? Um, no, I just, <laughs> girls are different than boys, but why did your father of all people think that, that Paul was going to be the, like, what had Paul gone through in order to be your best friend? That's a great question. I, I think that, so when my parents met Nick's parents, they just totally hit it off. They became, they were super close uh, during the whole time that they lived in El Paso. And uh, so I think uh, probably the the four boys thing, that both of them having four boys was an instant connection. And then, you know, they just totally got along. Also, our, our Middle Eastern background, mm. you know, I think that that had a lot to do with uh, w- with the connection. And then, I don't know, like me and Paul were the same age. And that's how he was introduced to me. Honestly, I think, I think that's what it was. Out, out of all four boys, that was the only two that lined up in age. <laughs> <laughs> two of them. Everyone else was off by a little bit. Yeah. Um, so you have no one else to relate to but you two. Right. <laughs> you were the linchpin for the whole group. It makes sense. They're same age. They're friends. Yeah, yeah, Perfect. Yeah. This is your new best friend. <laughs> and then we were going to the same school. Uh, we were classmates. Uh, we didn't live far from each other, so all all of the pieces fell into place. And this is, this is your new best friend, Paul. Well, okay, so wait, really quickly. When did that happen? How old were you when that happened? Oh my God, that was in third grade. So I don't have kids. What? Holy how old were you in third shit! Grade? Okay, yeah. because I was more thinking like I wrote this story in the back of my head. Like you were a troubled child, and then <laughs> your father meets Paul, and you're like in high school. You will only hang out with this guy now. <laughs> well, uh, I was a troubled child. <laughs> that, that story you're actually up a whole other. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, was, I, I was not the best child. Uh, I've, I've always been. A, I was always a troublemaker, a class clown. Well, I'm so proud to see that you're hydrating while also having a beer. So we jumped, we jumped right into this. Uh, Nick and I, Nick and I have a mutual friend who was in a Budweiser commercial, and the whole commercial was focused on having a, a drink of water, a, a whole bottle of water in between each beer. Like this was like their PSA that they were doing with Anthony Anderson, and that. So anyway, you're you're being very responsible according to Bud Light standards. I am. So, I'm a responsible drinker at 10:30 in the morning. Yes. Oh, I'm so jealous. You just throw a little bit of whiskey. You got a boiler maker. You got life going. But <laughs> whiskey's over there. I might have to reach. Just for that. put a little bit in your can. Just a little, and then we're 
No, I'm kidding. It's, it's a little too early. It's it's a little too early. That, so, that might be a little early for that. I'll do it after the podcast. When I camp, that's my camping, Steve's, is like, wake up, throw a shot of whiskey in a beer and have some eggs. So, shot of whiskey in the beer. It's Beer and ice and whiskey tastes like iced tea to me. It's delicious. Wow. I have never tried that. I might have to try that. Tonight. Not now. Tonight. Again, you're just... 30 a.m.? Okay. Yeah. I would say start with a half a shot. Don't go crazy. But yeah. In, in one hour, it'll be plenty of time. It's a good noon drink. Um, so we jumped right into it. We're, we are very messy as a podcast in the best way. Um, and that's probably because we're improvisers, which I really want to know what you think about that lifestyle that Nick chose for himself. But the reason you're here is you are a Buds of 94. And like I said, you're the... It was the most listened to episode we had was when Nick drops this bomb that El Paso kids used to go over across the border to Juarez and party like Uh, it was Studio 54. (laughs) I think we probably put Studio 54 to shame, at least in our minds, you know. (laughs) To me, you have surpassed my wildest dreams. Yeah. It, it was a thing. It, it, it was a thing. It's not a thing anymore, unfortunately, but back in those days, it was a thing. Like every single weekend, we would go to Juarez, and that was our, I mean, you could throw a rock in El Paso and hit Mexico. You know, we're just, it's right, right. there. And uh, we would, uh, as we started hanging out in bars at 15 years old in Mexico. Yeah. I think, yeah. I wonder, I wonder, were you, did you take me to Mexico the first time I went? You know, the first time <laughs> I ever went, to drink jesus i was like 14 or 15 and it was at the church convention no in el paso Paso. like so there's a there's a a church convention that would like move around regionally and each each city would host it every year and that year it was in el paso and at that (laughs) church convention a few of us went to Mexico, and I would, I would assume maybe you were part that, of that. Possibly, I, I probably was. If it, if someone was up to no good, I was definitely a part of it back then. That's that, that's for sure. Me. Mexico, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> we did that. Okay, no, here's no. The, the best part. Well, there's so many wonderful parts because also Nick, you did like tease that like. Well, if you thought that was crazy, then here's the youth conventions for the church. I'm <laughs> I'm not surprised that the baddest boys in the group were also church going people but what i'm surprised about is that like to what capacity did your parents know that on a weekly basis kids were going over to juarez and getting shit-faced like drink and drown if i remember properly (laughs) (laughs) drink and drown which again i had never heard that phrase that is a real thing yeah drink and drown see but when uh at my age, drink and drown we used to be because right, I heard on your last po- on the podcast you said it was seven dollars. I think drink and drown it was or eight dollars. To us, eight dollars was like, oh my god, who? What is this inflation? Is absolutely ridiculous. My very first drink and drown was five dollars. <laughs> so we, we started the drink and drowns. It was five dollars. Uh, again, what you you what, what year did you graduate? Ninety six. Ninety six. I'm ninety four. Right. I graduated in ninety four. Uh, so. I remember it was $5 and, you know, you pay $5, you walk in, you drink as much as you want. Literally. I mean, you drink all night long and it's, it's just, a, you, there's no, you don't even tip. There's no tips. <laughs> you just $5 you drink. And then I remember it went up to six and then it went up to seven. And we're like, this is $7. This is ridiculous. <laughs> 
was there like a guy at the door that you're like, it's okay, I'll give you five dollars? Like, you know, that- yeah, you get to know people. I I got to get in free a lot because we used to throw parties there, and you know, you get to know the owners and stuff. And they, you know, I I rarely paid to be honest. Well, that's what I'm gonna say too. Like the amount that it sounds like you guys drank for yeah. that price, no matter what you pay for alcohol now, it's evened out for like <laughs> actual prices of alcohol. That's true. Well, just to be clear, though, I mean, you know. Not, not that this is that much of a qualifier, but there was a limited menu. And was, oh, yes. It was, you know. You I, had, that is a good question, though. I did have that question in the back of my mind. No, that's, it's a Here, here's your options. Okay, here's your options. Uh, buckets of beer, uh-huh. which is pretty standard. That's what you would get. Buckets that's of beer. That's Mexico, for sure. Dos Equis. Dos Equis, yeah. Usually Dos Equis. It was the minis, yeah. Uh, and, you oh. know, just, just buckets full of, of ice and beer, mm-hmm. bucket after bucket. And that's usually what people drink. If you wanted to get a cocktail, you could get one of two things. Uh, a tequila sunrise. Tequila sunrise and or, sex on the beach. Or sex on the beach, <laughs> which which Paul, my brother, claims were poured out of the same pitcher. So those were so disgusting. And I remember the slammers. Oh, oh slammers. So slammers is like uh, tequila. Squirt and the, the, the lowest shelf tequila you could possibly imagine. <sighs> So 25 they, cents. 25 it, cents. Yeah. Well, uh, so, oh, so you had to pay on top of it. Well, that wasn't at the drink and drown. Did yeah. you do slammers at the drink and no, drown? No, I never I don't recall doing slammers at the drink and drown, but I have a whole story about the slammers if you want to. It's actually a crazy, ridiculous story. But uh it was after a drink and drown. I don't know. you, you know, like you said, we're all over the place on the podcast. I'm also all over the place. No but, one it, there is nothing we have to adhere to. I didn't know who was gonna be here today. I will say that slammers was also a term for the 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 metal piece of the pog game did you guys play that shit no you're like too old for it oh, you, oh did we lose each other Wait, we lost you we lost, we lost you for a second yeah, yeah the we pog, lost you on slammers with, with the pog game when you would throw the metal slammers at pogs did you guys play pogs pogs what is that? Oh, oh it's, like a, it's like a table card game or something kind of so there was a, a drink in um some other area not usa but they would like have cartoon characters on the round caps inside of drinks and then you would collect them and take a metal thing called a slammer and when Mm. you threw it at the stack of the pogs whatever flipped over it face up the person that hit it gets to keep those so this was this stupid game that was created in the early 90s well not stupid it was just like you know how people collected baby beanie babies this was right before that so it, of course, it's not the same reason that it's called Slammers, but Pogs have been on my mind recently. I want to hear the story. Let's go. <laughs> you want to hear the Slammer story? Yeah, I told a really bad story so that this was great no matter what. That wasn't a bad story. I I just learned something new. Hey, I just know, surprised. I, well, you guys are in the perfect age range for like hacky sacks and shit like that, right? Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah. This is Pogs, that's high school parking lot right uh, there. Parking lot. We play hacky sack for hours at a time. Yeah. Pogs were in that same era, but I think it was like taking over when I was a kid. So it probably didn't wasn't like cool in high school. It was probably cool in middle school or like elementary school. So that's all. I bet you it's still cool. There's maybe two people in the world somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I really have looked into buying a whole new stack because I just because I, I just want to be that that person. Okay, Sammy, uh, I have this interesting idea about slammers. Do you have any stories to tell me about? Uh, you know what? Not off the top of my head. Okay, so this is a. All right, so we went to a drink and drown. I remember this particular night. It was uh, me and my friend Andy and Brent. 
Uh, Bud's in 94, all three of us. So we went to a oh, drink. Really quickly, to, before we yeah. move past that, because again, <laughs> maybe this isn't canon for everybody. What are the Buds of 94? Oh, my goodness. The Buds of 94 was our group of friends. So 94 was the year we graduated. And the Buds was the name that we gave ourselves because we would throw parties and you have to they want to know who's throwing the party, you know, like it's like a click, I guess, if, if you will, it's our group, our gang, not, I'm not, I don't want to use the word gang, but it was well, our yeah, The gang is going over to Juarez fam. <laughs> like, let's do that. <laughs> the fifties uh, definition of gang. Yeah. Oh, the old yeah. gang's getting together. Well, I don't know. Cause like the sharks and the jets, like people were going to kill each other. So. <laughs> no, no, we were not violent people. We were okay. uh, just a bunch of stoners and, and uh, young alcoholics, basically. But uh, the buds, uh, yeah, the, we just we we came up with that name to so that people knew who is throwing the party. Oh, the buzz. Oh, oh, Sammy, Brent, Paul, Andy, you know, Matt, our whole group. Well, there was like 15 of us. And st it's funny, still to this day, my best friends from high school, the buds of 94, are still my best friends today. I'm 44 and they're still, all of them are still my best friends to this day, which is pretty awesome. And that's that's a very hard, that's a very rare thing these days. That's what I was saying, buds of 90 forever. <laughs> no, I never, you never said that. You never <laughs> said forever. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> okay, see, no one said that, Nick. <laughs> I, I wanna get this on the record though. We'll get to the Slammer story. I wanna mm. get this on the record. Sammy, can you tell us the story of how you guys came up with the name, The Buds? Oh, The Buds, okay. From my recollection, um, so it started back. Uh, so back in high school, you know, uh, we were. It was very clicky. Coronado High School, the high school we went to, like there was groups. You know, there was the popular kids who all hung out together. Then the jocks, and you know, and then us. We were kind of like our group was kind of like in the middle. We were kind of nerdy, but we were also cool, and we were also just a little bit of everything. You know, our our group was very diverse. Um, some of us didn't even drink. Uh, you know, well, most of us did. <laughs> some of us were total stoners. Some of us uh, just whatever. But uh, so I remember it was my parents used to go out of town a lot. And, and uh, growing up in El Paso, I would uh, I was very crazy to where I'd, ha I'd have parties at my house, uh, probably through the biggest party of the year at my parents' house when they were out of town one year. And that, that's a whole nother story that we could get into. Um, but so I remember it was all of us, the buds, hanging out at my parents' house when they were out of town. We're sitting around drinking, whatever. And they said, okay, listen, we got to come up with a name because at that time there was a group called Epic. Okay. I was so, I was, I'm so glad you mentioned it. I'm dying to know who your rivals were. This yeah. is so exciting. So epic. <laughs> they weren't necessarily rivals, but they were, you know, it was like an unspoken thing. Like, Oh, who could drink more? Who's cooler? Who's more popular? So oh, epic, we hate Epic now. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So Epic, which stands for El Paso's Intoxicated Children. That's how they. Oh, no. <laughs> and all those guys, Awesome guys. We're, we're still friends with a lot of them to this day. They, you know, uh, good guys, but they came up with this name and they're handing out flyers all over school about, hey, Epic is throwing this party in Juarez or this house party. Epic, epic, epic. So then other people started coming up with names. So uh, our, our friends got together and Epic was kind of more of like the popular crowd. Uh, they were a little bit more, you know, more the ath athletes and, you know, the guys that got all the girls and, you know, good looking dudes. Epic oh, sounds you. like a club that's in Glendale with a rooftop, <laughs> like the only rooftop club in Glendale. <laughs> Epic. 
Yeah. <laughs> big, with like two C's or something like that. You know? <laughs> I like I'm it. sure like in the early 90s, that was cool. But today we'd be like, yeah. all right, guys, calm, calm yeah. it down. The times they are changing. <laughs> yeah. So Epic was, uh, that's how we, we, so we were all together in my house. We're sitting around drinking and we're like, okay, we got to come up with a name. And all these crazy names were flying all over the place. We were referencing so many different things. But from my recollection, the way the buds came up. So number one, like I said, a lot of us were, uh, you know, and I don't want to say too much about too many things, but a lot of us were, we were stoners, you know, growing up in El Paso, you know, everyone smoked weed. <laughs> it was Which is, I was, I, I was a weed smoker on the cusp of, before it was legal and it was still not even that easy to get then. And this was late two, uh, 2010 ish. Oh, so how about El Paso, which is the <laughs> number one drug. I was paving the experience I had to compare it. You fucking <laughs> sassy bitch to Let compare it to how easy or hard it was to get it. And also, yeah. was it good weed or was it trash weed? That's I was going to kind of transition into that. See, but that's all I was trying to say, Nick. Who had to <laughs> there, there was no such thing as good weed back then. This was before the Sensimia. You know, this was we would buy bricks and a pound of weed was a hundred dollars. Okay, oh so my this, god! This, yeah, I would get Jesus. a pound for a hundred dollars, and it's wow. literally a brick. So it's got all the seeds and all the stems and everything. Mm -hmm. They take this really shitty weed and they compress call, it. What do they call it Mexican piss weed? Mexican piss weed, yeah. yeah. The, oh. the brown weed or swag. We used to call swag. it swag. Swag. It's total swag. I never smoked. I didn't even know that there was leafy weed. You know, we didn't even know. Like, we only <laughs> like, knew the brown seedy stuff. You'd like have to moist with crystals stuff. that didn't exist. <laughs> and it was cheap as hell and it was extremely accessible and it was very, very, you know, it was just everyone smoked weed. I, so if you got a brick, were you guys like piecing it off and selling it too? Or was it just like that was well, what you smoked in like a couple of weeks? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't even give it a couple of weeks. but <laughs> you know, That's a lot of weed to smoke in less than a week. Oh, we play games with it, like bong baseball. Uh, that's like, you know, we, you, whoever could take the biggest hit. Oh, you just hit a home run or, oh, you just took a weak hit. Your gut, you made it to first base. And bong baseball was a whole nother game. Oh, my goodness. By the end of bong baseball, we're drinking and playing, you know, uh, who could take the biggest hit. And, okay, you're on first, you're on second, you're on third. Okay, Sammy, come on, give us the home run. Take the biggest hit. You take the biggest hit, hold it in. You can't cough. If you cough, it's a strike. Or, you know, it's it's a it's a game. I don't this remember the details. This is incredible. <laughs> Incre <laughs> no, I would have one bong hit, and granted, yes, different kind of weed. I was in the couch. I couldn't even like talk to people. Uh, <laughs> so the fact that you guys are playing mind games with the again, the quality bong. was totally. I mean, one hit of today's weed equals probably ten hits of that day's weed. I would fair, say. and yeah. you know. I'm sad. I would probably prefer that at this point because, like, I kind of want to mm. like enjoy. It. Anyway, I don't smoke anymore. Uh, I don't my, either. I can't handle it anymore. Exactly. I, even though I could, like, I was like at a tolerance level where it's like, yeah, this is great, guys. But you know, I would need to smoke for two weeks straight 
in order to not have a paranoia attack now. And that's just not worth it. So y'all are like, fuck Epic. We don't like them. Even though they're cool. I wish they liked us. We're kind of cool. These nerds are over here trying to create a a party crew. And you guys are smoking a brick of Mexican piss weed. Correct. (laughs) At my parents' house while they're out of town. And we're we're, we're drinking. Uh, So... Budweiser was a, a drink that we 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 kind of a lot of us used to drink Budweiser. Well, we also drank Nat Light a lot, and you know just the cheap beer. But my friend Brent, it's funny. So Brent was uh, he wasn't a hard drinker, but he used to love his Budweiser. Mm. He didn't smoke weed, but he was like you know just one of our best friends. And this is my recollection of how we came up with the name The Buzz. So we're sitting around and we're like, okay, well let's come up with a cool name. So and back then, this is back when. Uh, uh, Days and Confused was a very popular movie, and uh, well, it still is, you know. But uh, but Days and Confused, you know, we were all huge Days and Confused fans, and uh, you know, so all the 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 weed smoking and everything in that movie, uh, kind of. Oh, like, was, uh, Jess wouldn't know; she hasn't watched the film. I, I actually I heard you say that in the pod the, the podcast I listened to, and I was, I'm I'm very disappointed. In hold you. on, I'm I pretty sure. Hold on it. and watch it. I Just, will. As an adult with clear eyes, I'm pretty sure I did watch it, but I was so high that I don't remember it. Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, I think it was like one of those things that was on the couple of movies. Like, like I, I think I watched Pink Floyd's The Wall and I was so drunk that like the oh. next thing I knew I blinked and it was like over. But I think Days and Confused, <laughs> I, admit, I missed out on like latching onto it. Yep. However, carry on. I, I know enough. It's in the zeitgeist enough. Where I know sort of what you're. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're 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 gonna still have to watch it. Oh no, fuck you guys, yeah, Jesus, bro. Nick! Uh, you just yeah. recruited him to make me feel bad. No, everybody, anybody would tell you you should watch this film. I mean, it's <laughs> it's also a piece of cinema history. It's, it goes beyond just being a whatever kitschy fun Matthew McConaughey. Fair. Yeah. So and it seems like also a documentary of how we grew up. <laughs> right, it? it really does. It it was very Days of Confused was very similar to how we grew up. Uh, in, in all, except minus Juarez, but they had the moon tower. They'd go out and party like in the forest. When we had the desert, we'd go out and party in the desert. So By the you're, dead cow. You're in the desert. Yeah, the dead cow, the wall. Yeah, uh, all these places out in the desert that that we'd go party at. Yes. Um, so if it wasn't in Juarez, it would be in the desert or at a house party. Or at, Sam, or at Sammy's house. At my house, yeah. <laughs> my house was a very, uh, if my parents only knew, oh, goodness. Oh, that's the thing that just blows my mind. Anyway, so you guys are like, so. Okay, so you buzz. Yeah, we're the, yeah so we're sitting around. We're we're drinking and we're, we're, we're trying to come up with names. And then, so it was a kind of a accumulation of, of a lot of things. Number one, we were all buds, like we were best friends. So we're the word buds like has a lot of meaning to it. Uh, a lot of us were stoners, so buds for stoners. A lot were buds, like we're best friends. And uh, well, also three eleven was very popular back then. The yes, band, you know we used to yeah. all listening to three eleven. And there's this, uh, you know, offbeat bear ass. There's he he. he they say, uh, or was it? No, was it Offbeat Barris? One of the three eleven songs. It says, "Keep close together like the kind buds." So you know, so we're we're sitting here, we're talking about this thing, and then Brent, who's drinking a Budweiser, he, I'm pretty, I remember Brent coming up with the name. He's like, "What about the buds?" And we're like, "Holy shit, that's amazing!" Because it references all of the things that we do. We're buds. We smoke bud. We drink Budweiser, and all sorts of other stuff. So it stuck, like the buds, the buds, and we talked about it for a while, and then we all, I. 
I recall all of us loving it. I loved it. I still love it. I think it's awesome. And next thing you it's know, inspired we're inspired for sure. Definitely inspired. It, 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 and it has meaning behind it, you know, which I think is cool. Now, yeah. just just so you know, uh, after these podcasts came out, we started talking about the buds. My brother, Paul, texts me, he goes, you know, I never really liked that name anyway. <laughs> and then I, think he re- then I think he reached out to Dave and Dave's like, yeah, I hated that name too. Who came oh, up with that name? Bastard. You're kidding. No, don't we don't want to know that. How many buds don't like the name buds? Uh, I loved it. <laughs> I'm pretty well, sure Brent was the one that came up with it. My, my recollection is Brent. And he's funny. He's the one who didn't smoke weed. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, very, but again, but, you said but, like he was, he was the Bud Light guy. But, he was notorious for drinking Budweiser, not Bud Light. Right? No, no, not, not Bud, Bud Light. Light. Budweiser. Budweiser, Bud, Bud Regular. Yeah. That was his jam. I think back then you were either in the Bud camp or the Coors camp. Right? <laughs> Bud Coors. Oh, that makes a lot. That makes a lot of sense. And, that yeah, you know, kind of like Pepsi or Coke. At that point, you had yeah. to choose. Yeah. Uh, but, but we also drink Natty Light, so that's yes. you know. But, but uh, I don't think Brent would stoop himself to doing that. No, either. Brent always had the Budweiser. Always, yeah. that was just standard. That was that's yeah. Yeah, Mike but Parker's the one who brought in the uh, Nat Light, and uh, it was cheap. And we're like, oh, we could get a case for fifty cents. Yeah, let's do this. Oh <laughs> my god, you guys are so old. But yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's an exaggeration. But it felt like fifty cents. But I mean, that, to my recollection, that that's the way the buds came up, and for, and, and it's I love the meaning behind it. For me. for what it's worth, uh, and I don't know that you guys maybe knew this or maybe you did know this. For my year ninety four, which is two years after y'all, not ninety four, ninety six. The buds were like infamous. Like that was like <laughs> the people talked about. It. It's like the name, the buds of ninety four. In my year, people. <laughs> People revered that name. Yeah. So, so for anybody who didn't like the name, tough because it, yeah. it was a name that had that lasted that people loved. Like it nobody, was. I don't remember people remembering Epic. I mean, when you said yeah. Epic, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Well, there, there's reasons why, and I'm going off on another tangent here. So we also used to have this the junior senior drink off. It was a it was a we would literally have drink offs from seniors and juniors. So when we were, uh, <laughs> I was a junior in high school. And uh, we did the drink off, and this was the only year that I recall where the juniors actually beat the seniors, and we were the and like that's where oh the buds are awesome oh man these guys beat the seniors. You it just was- advertised for yourself. Yes, we did. We'd go out to the desert and get. I think there would be like three kegs. It, it was a challenge on who could drink, who could finish the most beer in the fastest amount of time. It was literally a challenge. We would ditch school and go out to the desert, oh and it my would be the God. drink off. And uh, we would, oh, God, how did we survive? I don't know. But we went out to the desert and uh, it was, we ended up the juniors of, we, I don't even think we had, yeah, I think we did have the name The Buds at that point. We ended up beating the seniors, which was unheard of. No one ever beats the seniors. The seniors are always the bigger drinkers. But They wouldn't have challenged you if they didn't think they couldn't have won. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Okay, so here's my question too now. So Juarez, we kind of understand. They're like, hey, kids, come give us your money. This is great. Who's fucking selling you alcohol in El Paso no. to fifteen-year-olds? How's, uh, how's that this, happening? This is a this is this is a different era. I'm a I, you know so I'm like I said I'm 44. So back then this was before computers. We all had fake IDs, right? So I see right um, the, the yeah. Arizona contingent. Yeah, yeah, you could you could get them. Uh, I mean, literally the happies IDs. It was like you'd go to a grocery store and you could just get an ID. I mean, it, it was it was ridiculous. A friend of mine, uh, we used to actually make them. And this was before Photoshop. 
uh, the, <laughs> we would actually make a huge poster board size ID. And it was all, we would like take a copy machine and make photocopies of numbers and letters. And uh, the ones we made were from Maine, I remember. And it's a huge poster board. And we would literally stand, we'd put people and they would stand next to it. At, <laughs> it would be your picture. And you'd, we had a, a piece of tape on the floor where you stand about, you know, five feet away from this poster board and take a Polaroid picture of the person standing next to the ID. So everyone had the same name. Number one, <laughs> we had one for males and one for females and they all had the same name. <laughs> And we would change it around every once in a while. And we would take a Polaroid picture and then laminate it of the person standing next to the ID. And it worked. Like, we would buy alcohol. It worked in Juarez, for sure. I mean, they didn't care in Juarez. They never even... How I, could they if they, they were literally <laughs> letting children party yeah. promote? <laughs> they couldn't have cared. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And this, you know, before so computers... So how did uh, this... Entrepreneurial side of you manifest as an adult. <laughs> I wouldn't call myself an adult yet, but I, I, okay, I, great I, word. I okay, I grew up one day. <laughs> but <laughs> there was a lot of um, yeah, we we did a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, the fake IDs was a was a good money maker. The throwing parties in Juarez was definitely a good money maker. No, no, and it was fun. I want to I want to so settle something for myself here because I I always thought. Now you tell me, Sammy. I always thought that you were behind the some of the biggest parties some of the some of the the three venue Sarawak Papaya Superior parties that eventually my year someone else took over I don't want to mention people her her name uh, uh, but you know what I'm, what I'm talking about who took it over uh female yeah the femme fatale of 94 yeah, uh, I don't or... care so much but whatever I, I won't say names but it's smart but, yeah but uh um but uh but i always thought she inherited it from you that you that that it was like after like the buds graduated or or were graduating you still threw a couple of the parties yeah. and then it kind of trickled down yeah you got to hand off the torch the, the baton to someone you know because we graduated um went off to college or whatever and then you know the, the the next generation has to keep it going but yeah you know you basically introduce them to the to the bar owners and th those those bars made a lot of money off of us even though they were only paying seven eight dollars to drink and drown there's i don't know how they were making money but they were because we bring hundreds of people amazing into the bar and they'd give us one dollar per head i remember uh and uh you know, you know, you're 15, 16, 17 years old, walking around with 300 bucks in your pocket after you parted on night. That was huge. That's huge. We're like, oh, this is amazing. I just made $300 a party. You know, stand at the door, count people, uh, match it up with the owner at the end of the, of the night. But, but yes, but it, it was, uh, you, you got to hand it off to people and introduce these people and say, okay, we're graduating. We're going to move on. We're not going to be and we're not in high school anymore. So you, you, the next generation takes over and, you know, whoever's worthy of the baton will will grab it. But but, not, but I mentioned this to Paul. I was like, yeah, well, Sammy was like, he was the one who was, who was like behind a lot of those big parties. He was like, Sammy? <laughs> Sammy? That was Brent. Brent, actually. Uh, Brent was the entrepreneur. Was he the, was he the one who made the, the connection with, I, with Lotto? According to my memory, yes. Brent was the one. He, he, he kind of started that. And then he approached me because... Um, I was kind of like friends with everybody, you know, like I, I, I was kind of a dork, but I was also, I hung out with the cool people and I hung out with the jocks and the goths and the punks and the, and the nerds. And, you know, I was cool with everybody. Uh, so Brent said, Sam, you know, let's start, 
let's 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 get everyone to come to these parties and they did and it worked and we they were very successful oh uh, so you were the face and and brent scenes oh. and you were kind of the pr you were I, the in a sense i don't want to take that title but <laughs> i mean I, it helped sure i helped we all worked as a team well because it sounded like when we were talking about this before in the previous episode that nick was also that too like nick was the conduit for like the dorks to feel like they could come to the party and feel like okay or like like nick was the face at that point so he needs you to say that you were so that he could be corroborated as the face <laughs> for his for the 96 let's just say i was I, yeah. I did know a lot of people and I was, I, I, I didn't, I don't remember having a single enemy back then. I, I can remember that. I was, I was cool with everybody. You know, I walk around campus and I talk to everyone. I was cool with everyone. I wasn't judgy and uh, if you were a nerd, I was cool. As long as you're a cool person, I'm cool with you. You're a jock, you're popular, you're not popular, whatever. You're a cool person, you're a cool person. So uh, it kind of, it, it, uh, yeah, I, I think everyone should be like that. I think the world should be like that. And partying is the great equalizer. At a certain point, an, in a certain amount of alcohol, you're going to make lo yourself look like an ass one way or another, right? There's like there's not, not a lot to get away with. Uh, so my, my, I think the thing that kind of blows my mind about the whole experience is 500 children cross the border and the parents don't know? Like, <laughs> And this happens uh, twice a week or once a week. How how does something right. like that go down? Just say, uh, hey, uh, mom, dad, I'm going over to Nick's house uh, for the night. <laughs> Everyone was over at everyone else's house. If only our uh -huh. parents cooperated with each other, they would have actually known what was going Which on. Which I can't believe they didn't. Like yeah. My mother would pick up the phone and go, hello, Jessica is going over to your house right now. Yes, she is. <laughs> is she asleep? Yes, she is. Like that, I just can't believe that didn't happen. Like there wasn't a phone tree or something like that. This well, is a good point. I I was talking to my uh, um, father yesterday about this, uh, and I was like, I was like, well, so you you knew we were going down there, right? I goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I did, you know. And sometimes, and and, and I was like, I just the only thing I remember you saying is is don't drive over because we don't have Mexican insurance. <laughs> you Are know, you kidding? And, uh, and, and he, and I was like, I guess it just, I guess it just kind of gets normalized for the parents. You know, he's like, yeah, well, we lived in El Paso. That was just the thing. Your parents were cool though. Like mine were very strict. I, I guess if you're, uh, if your parents actually knew you were going. Yeah. I mean, I don't, they definitely did not know to what extent. Okay. But yeah. you were making money. <laughs> well, well, my mom, oh, I mean, well, now, granted, I'm the youngest of four. So it was different. By the time it got to me, it was like, whatever. They'd seen it. They'd done, you know, <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul really broke her in, you know. Oh, man, the shit that the book well, was, you know, he's he's part of the butts. The shit that they would do and my, gave my mom so many headaches. Um, so then by the time it came to me, you know, generally speaking, I was a I was a good kid. So she knew whatever. It's fine. So then when I, I remember going like, hey, I'm going to go throw a party in Mexico. She's like, oh, okay, what does that mean? I said, well, I might not get home till like 2, 3 a.m., but I'm going to make a couple hundred bucks. She goes, okay, be safe. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> I lied to my, to my parents every single weekend. And uh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. But you're, yeah, your parents, yeah, your parents are very strict. Much, very strict. Well, they're also, yeah. your parents are, you know, from the old country, different, uh, you know. Yep. Lebanese, uh, they immigrated. And uh, I was a, first person from in my entire family tree to be born in the u.s so i was oh wow yeah, yeah. so that you were like the precious one we must make sure <laughs> he survives <laughs> yes, at all costs. 
And then I started growing my hair out and they said, oh, what has this country done to our children? Oh my God. <laughs> Poor Sammy. Why, why Sammy, why? <laughs> But, uh, I was I was definitely a partier and uh, I enjoyed it. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna say some I'm gonna you know, uh, I'm, uh, Sammy had a reputation. In oh a, shit! In a, we didn't lead with this. Uh oh! Everybody loves Sammy. Okay, I'm just gonna lay it on the line, and I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to whatever yada yada, but Sammy is an everyman. Everybody loves Sammy. In my year, Sammy was a legend. Uh, and. and <laughs> Uh, so, you know, uh, I love Sammy, you know, that's a side note. I have a personal, uh, personal love, love for this. Man. I mean, you're just saying that cause he's sitting right next to you, but I got it. Well, I no, love him. Uh, <laughs> no, but, but, but honestly, you know, one thing I, I, I did want to say, like, not only that have Sammy, why was I excited to have Sammy on? Because he's, you know, one of the preeminent buds. Uh, but the pre buzz. I don't know what that phrase means. I, I don't know. I just thought it sounded good. This sounded excellent. I, I'm just I'm I'm reveling in it. Remember how? So uh, a couple nights ago, we uh, Nick helped me to learn that I say poignant and mean it. Is, I have a different meaning for it. So when I hear new words, I'm like, or like I've heard preeminent before, but now I'm going to be like preeminent, preeminent. <laughs> <laughs> So he's like but, one of the pre. Okay, go for it. So. Sammy, for me, somebody who I studied and watched uh, when I want in terms of understanding comedy. This is one of the funniest people I have ever met. Uh, and this is uh, interesting. You would just make everybody laugh. And as you know, I'm a couple years younger. You know, I always looked up to my older brother and their friends and. I was kind of like the younger, you know, at first it was cool for me to hang out with Paul and his friends, but after a while it became <laughs> uncool for Paul for me to hang out. Uh, but I always looked to him and his friends, uh, but Sammy was just hilarious. Uh, uh, so anyways. What I was, are like the, the, the tenets of Sammy humor that you remember? Sam, this is the, I think this is the, this is the basic tenet. Don't give a fuck. Just <laughs> Do it. Whatever it is that's on your yeah. mind, just do it and do it with bold confidence. Yeah. Um, I think that's what it is. That would you agree? I, I would agree. I, back, <laughs> back in the, I'm a totally different person now. I, I, I was gonna ask. You know, did, did this get like wiped away from you, or like eroded, or like did you get tamed yeah. in, in you know, marriage? You get in the face throughout life as you get older, and you kind of <laughs> just lose the 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 comedic tendencies but i i do remember being referred to i was always the class clown i was a kid uh, that always got in trouble and like nick said i did not give a fuck i i really didn't um i didn't care what anyone thought i didn't care about getting in trouble uh i was a risk taker i uh yeah sure um i when i think about the way i used to be it scares me i'm like how am i so different now like now i feel like i'm I try to be responsible, but I, I, I slip a lot, but, uh, you know, life just changes. You get older and things change and you become, you got to have more responsibilities. But yeah, back then, I mean, I got kicked out of second grade. I got kicked out of <laughs> kinder care. <laughs> I, I, I literally got kicked out of kinder care because I was such a bad kid. They kicked me out. What? Yeah. And then I got expelled from Carlos Rivera in second grade. That's how I got transferred to Western Hills, which is how I met Paul because <laughs> I was such a bad child. I would, I would, I was, I got, I was a class clown. I never took anything seriously. At one point, my chair was sitting outside of the classroom. I, no. I was literally from the classroom. I had to sit outside of the classroom because I would disrupt the entire class. This was in second grade. 
So you uh, did not answer this because that's what my point was. Like, why your father would be like, "This is a good influence." I am sure you should touch right. this kid at fucking second grade, dude. What did you do? Did you set the teacher's hair on fire? I, I, do you remember? The only thing I didn't do. I mean, I was horrible every time that I, I was just, I would, I would just do terrible, not terrible things to me. I thought they were funny, like. uh I would just always interrupt the class. I'd interrupt the teacher. I would Where always. Where was the impetus you? in you? What was like? What was like the spark that made you behave? Like you have to learn that behavior, don't you think? I maybe maybe it was lack of love. I don't know. I just got it. My- got it. Let's get let's get to the core. I want to see you cry. Yeah. Right. Let's 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 let's, let's change the tone here. No, I don't know. Um, I was just I, I was very a very. Uh, I don't even know what the word is. I was just, I was crazy. I was a crazy child. Yeah. I don't know what it what it is. I, I got in trouble a lot and uh I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Just, yeah. Was, yeah. So getting kicked out of second grade, uh, I literally got expelled uh and then transferred to another school. And then at that school I was always getting in fights and I was always uh I don't know. I don't even know what word to use for the way I was. I I felt like I was cool and friendly with everyone but i did the teachers didn't think so you know I, I would, totally I, totally I got sent to the principal's office more time i got paddled in front of the entire school this was back when paddling was was legal if you will but yeah, yeah i'd get paddled all the time uh punished and then i'd go home and get another paddling too so <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I, I was rebellious. I was very rebellious. Well, it sounds like you also had your own code that you adhered to virulently yes. too. Like you're like, no, nah, uh-uh, fuck that shit. Or I'll fight mm-hmm. that kid because he was a dick. But th- this is what I kind of admire to some extent about boys. As long as you're you're not like an absolute bully, uh, boys will fight and then be friends. Was that yeah. like your experience? Like, hey, we're just like punch it out and like, oh man, we're cool now. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I've, I've gotten in fights with friends and we, we, you stay cool. You just kind of got to get it out, you know. Okay, uh, I actually have a really side question. Nicholas, mm-hmm. have you ever been in a fist fight? <laughs> I was the answer in- is no. I knew it. I knew it. No, there was there was one. It was, but it was really dumb. It was the dumbest fight in the history of fights. Okay, let's go. I'll make it real quick. This one guy is a little bit socially awkward. I don't know. For whatever we were on the bus in middle school, he wanted to fight me. I don't know what it was. I think he just wanted to get in a fight. I was like, dude, I don't want to fight you. And then and then they kept pushing it. And everybody's like, fight, fight. You know, we get out of the uh, – this is at Moorhead, I think. Yeah, Moorhead Middle School. We get out of the bus, and he's like, fight, fight. And I'm like, okay. He's like, punch me. Like, what? <laughs> He's like, punch me. And I was just like, I didn't know what to do. You know, and I got brothers and we have a code where you don't punch in the face. Like, that's our code. You don't ever punch. So I you never... might slap in the face. We slap in the face. Oh, by the way, we'll get to that. This is, I think, is the king slapper. Right here. <gasps> um, Parker was the king slapper. Oh, right? <laughs> I, I learned from Parker. But... <laughs> I think, yeah, this is where slapping came from. We had a whole Unbelievable. Time. Did you? Oh, yeah. I got to hear that one. Because uh, uh, <laughs> Clementine is a slapper. Is she? she slaps the shit out of me. Oh. I, it's, and I think it's genetic. Um, and, uh, so, so, so anyway, so, uh, so I, so I was like, where do you want me to, where do you want me to punch you? I don't know. It's so dumb. I was like, I'm going to punch you in the face. Oh my like, God. And he's like, just do it. And I was like, fine. So I just, you know, I punched him in the gut. Uh, he doubled over. I did the old hockey move where you pull the, where you pull the shirt over the, the shirt head. Shirt over the head. Pull the shirt over the head. And I'm just like kneeing him in the gut. Oh no. 
clawing at my face. And I'm just trying to like get him to, he's just clawing. Like, this is not like, I'm telling you this person, I don't know, had something snap in his head. I don't know what it was. Like he just, <laughs> like we, I didn't even know him that well. And I'm literally just kneeing him in the gut while he's trying to scratch me. Would you say you won the fight? That was the whole fight. <laughs> and then, and then the, the vice principal comes over and we had to like split it up. And he's like, what's going on here? And the guy was like, yeah, nothing happened. Nothing happened. With the shirt still over his head. You have like blood stains on your cheeks from being scratched. I mean, I, you know, I also wasn't like really, I wasn't trying to hurt the guy, you know, so yeah. it wasn't. Anyways, that's a very that is so that, that's wild fight story. That's the only fight you've ever so been in. There was one other time where I got punched in in Juarez, and that was another that was uh, a dumb story. There was a lot of fights in Juarez. But I, mean, I was so drunk, I didn't know I got punched. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, oh, he's like, we're doing this like sort of machismo, fuck you, fuck you, man, you know, and we're coming out of Fred's. Uh, oh, and uh, anyway, whatever, you know, I'm leaving with my buddies, and I, you know, and I, and I like. Uh, I do some gesture towards him. He's like, that motherfucker did that thing. <laughs> now, meanwhile, this guy was probably, this guy was probably high on cocaine. I'm not going to lie. There's some kids who did that at that age. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So I'm outside and like my buddy's standing in between us and I'm like, Fuck, you, you know, whatever. Da, da, da. And all of a sudden I see this fist come flying over <laughs> and I like move out of the way. And I'm like, dude, that guy just tried to hit me. That guy just tried to hit me. And then suddenly the, uh, the police come. Oh, you know, in a place oh. in Mexico, you don't want to be anywhere. So everybody scatters. Yeah. And just one local guy's like, hey, dude, dude, come here, man. Stand over here. You know, stand over here. And so they're like, okay, cool. So he, he protected me from from the cops. Because if I got caught for being in a fight, I'd be screwed. Yeah. Oh, you just oh, pay. Yeah, it's going to cost you money. That's, yeah. That's it. You get into I one. see. I see. Okay. 20 bucks, 40 bucks. That's how you get Always out. keep a 20 in your bill. Always, always keep the extra 20. Oh, and, my God. So I'm sitting on the side and I touch my face and I'm like, Oh, no, he hit me. <laughs> I was like, it landed. <laughs> but then after the fight, the guy was like, this is why I think he was high on drugs. After the fight, he came over and he apologized and he bought me a beer. And nice. he was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what came over me. And I, and I was like, whatever. I drank the beer and I, and then yeah. we left. We do got to talk about the slapping and, and the majority of our listeners aren't going to know the context for that. It's important because uh, we have a side podcast where uh, we we talk, we, we have deep dives into things that aren't related to like generational issues. Like, you know, we're trying to figure out whether Nick is a Zennial or Gen Y and, and we've landed on Gen X. Pretty no. much. No, I'm a, no, you may have landed on it. For me, I'm I'm a Zenial. Yeah, but don't, haven't people at, deleted Zenial from? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, identifies as an ex-leany Zenial. <laughs> I like it. Are you full Gen X? Do you feel like you're Gen X? I I, I don't. I'll be Gen honest. X. I don't even know what I am. What what is? I, I was born in '76. What does that make me? I'm sure I, that's Gen X. Gen X. Yeah. Um, uh, which I I did end up posting about our podcast in a Facebook group of Gen Xers to get their opinion about uh, what they thought Gen X was. And it is some of the most interesting takes. And I want to read a couple towards the end of when we're, when we've got all the stories that we can handle uh, and get your hot takes on it. But so we're, we'll talk about the slapping. I The thing that about Juarez that, Still, kind of, so your parents, for the most part, are either chill. Like my my dad was would say to me, "Just tell me where you're going, what you're doing, and, and then I know I can come get you." Like I so that in a weird way by him telling me 
you can drink, but like, don't do too much. It didn't make me want to drink that much. Or like, Mm -hmm. I knew if I had a problem, I could call my dad and he'd pick me up. So I could see like both parents, like A, don't tell these parents and B, your parents are chill. How did people, how did children that were drinking like that not die? (laughs) That's a a legitimate question. How do we uh, make it through those? Honestly, I I do know a couple of people who did. Yeah, that's Um, true. Oh, Sorry. Generally, generally across the board, yeah, no. I, 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 I think I know one. He stupidly jumped off a bridge into the Rio Grande, mm. which is the. It's not a very deep. I remember that. I, I know, remember that. Yeah, that was yeah, a very. I, I, I remember when that happened. It was very sad at school and everything, and uh. Uh, I knew and that. was it a drink and drown weekend, or was it like no, maybe I, at the the desert, or just drugs and alcohol? I see stupid things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, would... And I don't mean I didn't expect there to be an actually <laughs> <laughs> cry break. Let's take a cry take break. A yeah, tragic. Uh, well, yeah. and there always are a couple of like tragedy stories in any high school. I remember like a couple people had died from middle school to high school, and. You know, it's just like the crapshoot of being alive, right? Like someone's going to be in the wrong place, wrong time. But but what seems kind of incredible to me is that you have 500 kids crossing the border and everyone comes home. That that's the thing for the most part. That's the thing that's wild to me. And yes, it is. It is astounding. Look, no one should no one should drink and drive, but it happened a lot. It happened a lot. Every every time. Every time. I mean, (laughs) this is going to sound absolutely horrible, and I hope, you know, my, you know, hope anybody out there who knows me hearing this is going to, you know, but what we would do at the end of the night is basically go, who is, who's least drunk? Who's the least drunk? Yeah. And he would toss in the key. You know, sometimes you would have a designated driver, but usually no one wants, you know, know, it's Mm. really sad to say. Even the designated driver would get just a little bit less wasted. (laughs) Right, right, right. Beer than you. You have, you have. 20 beers i'll have 18 maybe 19 but yeah I, the way we d- got away with it who knows we cheated we cheated a lot of things getting arrested getting <laughs> detained uh getting accidents killed i mean again like you said it did happen but it didn't happen as often as you would think it would yeah with the amount that we were partying and doing stupid things and uh, at such a young age you know just and i have to ask this is a potentially also very serious question women or girls they felt safe I think so. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't think, I mean, look, I could be wrong, but I don't remember, you know, it's also a different time where things weren't very open, but I don't remember any instances Mm -mm. of abuse or harassment or assault. I don't Because also thinking like going over to a different country too, I'm not just worried about uh, my, my fellow classmates, you know, I'm worried about being in a different part. I don't know, just a different culture in totality. But I guess you guys just kind of ran the streets. It kind of feels like you guys would go to Juarez like we would go to the mall. It kind of feels like that. <laughs> pretty, it's it's, pretty, it's nice. pretty accurate, yeah. Now, now, mind you, you know, when you went to Juarez, you went to the Strip, and literally it's like you walk across the bridge and you're there. That's right there. So you're not you're not like going deep into... Yeah. If you go into the interior of Juarez, that's a whole other story. You're on your own, but... I'm pretty sure like there was there was protection because they knew that all these kids are crossing and it's just on this one one street, literally right on the border called the strip is what it was referred to. And and uh, 
it was safe, you know, for the most part. I mean, yeah, there were fights and yeah, there was stupid shit going on, but I don't ever recall. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I was detained by the cops, gave him 40 bucks. I was drunk and I, I was pissing. <laughs> I was pissing in a parking don't lot. Piss in don't the parking lot. piss in the parking lot. I remember pissing next to this Everybody, car. Everybody's gotten caught. Yeah, yeah. It cost you like 20, 40 bucks. But yeah, I remember I was pissing and someone just this hand came across my shoulder. And it was a cop. And they literally they scare the shit out of you. And then you just you you literally open up your wallet, give them some money and they let you go. Wow. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I think it was safe, but we were too young to know any better of what was not safe. I think I don't I think we were naive. But um, it was also a different world back then. Who knows? I mean, and I mean, this is what I also think is crazy. It's like, so we very often drive over the border, sometimes walk, um, and you're driving back over the border. You're all clearly minors and you're probably, you're most likely drunk. And the border patrol, this is, this is the process of- That was my to- question. Is there border control or not? Yeah. So the border yes. patrol, and here's what happens. Okay. You pull up to the thing. They go- you know, basically they say, what citizenship are you? You know, maybe they might just say, what are you? And you go American, American, American. Don't say Mexican. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Don't, no one joke. No one make any stupid jokes. And oh, say, man. Because that means you're going to get yeah. pulled over and searched and harassed. It's like saying bomb on a plane. You, know, yeah, you can't you joke. You can't no joke. joke. No but joke. Some yeah. asshole joke. Oh, man. I, don't, <laughs> I think I don't think I ever had an asshole joke. But, but, uh, but you say American and they go, what were you doing down there? And you go, having a good time. And they go, cool. Have, a, have, mm-hmm. have fun yeah. and drive off. That was it. Yeah. They had to know. I mean, they knew what that meant, having a good time. Mm. I I did get arrested on the border oh, one did time. You? That, 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 that was after high school. This was actually when I was in college. But it, that's a whole. It's I actually got arrested twice in one. OK, night. here we go. Let's do it. Oh, God. It's, it's uh, we got we got we got 10 more minutes to fill, buddy. <laughs> or longer. Oh, my goodness. OK, so this was a Juarez trip. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the brief version. But uh, I, I think I'm the only person I know who has ever gotten arrested two times in one night. But I did get arrested twice. In one night. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, we. <laughs> Uh, my buddy, it was me, Gabe, uh, Dan and Adam. Uh, we drove, we drive over to Juarez. We go, you know, we do our usual thing. We get drunk shit face, but, uh, you know, like I said, we were stoners back then. And, uh, we had, uh, I, I, in my car, I drove a, a Camaro at the time. I still remember I had some seeds and I had some weed and I, I totally forgot that I had a bong in my trunk as well. And this is driving international, driving over an international border. So anyways, we go, we drive over, we, we drink, we party. We're on the way back. And I remember this guy was, we were, I drove over the bridge that day and this guy was walking and then he started like puking. He was so wasted. He was stumbling and, you know, we're young and dumb and we roll down the windows. We're like, Hey, we're laughing. We're talking shit. But he took it. We were joking with the guy. He thought we were trying to start shit, but we weren't. So he got all pissed off. And then we saw him walk up to the border patrol and he pointed at my car and he started saying these guys. And I was like, Oh shit, this guy's like ratting us out or something. I swear, I pulled right, and this is the Americans. You get, we, we had already crossed, you go through two border checks. There's the Mexican side where you, you have to pay like 35 cents to get across. And then you get to the US side. As soon as I pulled up, the, the border patrol agent just looks at me, he's like, pull your car over right there. He didn't even say anything except pull your car over. And we're like, oh shit. So we pull over and they make us get out of the car and they search my car. And sure enough, they find a bong. Shit. Yeah, 
who the hell keeps a bong in their trunk? But uh, that's just <laughs> well, the kind of bong I, baseball. I got it. Yeah, for, you know, you never know when a bong, game of bong baseball is going to come up. So I had a bong in my trunk and he found it. So we all got detained. And uh, so we're sitting. And I, I remember at that time I, I had a pipe in my pocket, a loaded pipe. Um, and uh, I, was, I, was just, I, was a, I was such a stone. Why would you have a loaded? Okay. Yeah, we didn't think these things it's a didn't. Different, it different no, time. Yeah. But if it's in your pocket, it, it shouldn't pocket. be loaded because it's kind of, anyway. It had a lid. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, those old, those old metal yeah, ones. Yeah, the old metal ones. Yeah, yeah. I don't even, I don't, I, those, not a pipe I'm familiar with. A whole nother year, a whole wow. nother world, yes. So, anyways, we get detained, and I remember he grabs uh, my friend Dan, and I hear him go around the corner. He's like, he's like, take off your shoes, take off your socks, take off your pants. Pull down your underwear, bend over, cough. Jesus. And I'm like, oh my God, we're getting strip searched. What the hell? What the fuck's going on? And I'm sitting there and I've got this pipe in my pocket. And there's a cop sitting probably five feet away from me. And he's just sitting writing. He's writing something. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get searched and they're going to find another pipe in my pocket. So I think I'm being all sly. I reach in my pocket all slow and I pull it out and I'm holding it in my hand. And this guy, the cop, is not looking at me, by the way. Well, not that I thought. And I reach down and I just slide the pipe under my seat, thinking that I got away with it. That cop, without even blinking an eye, he just points. He's like, hey, Joe, look under that guy's seat. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this other cop comes, look, grabs me, pulls the pipe out from under the sink. And then they take me into the room. Take off your shoes. Take off your socks. No. <laughs> I got completely strip searched and I got detained. So uh, we all got detained. They impounded my car. And at this point, it was probably uh, maybe two maybe two, three in the three in the morning, maybe something like that. And this is, mind you, this is the American border patrol, right? So they saw that we're just a bunch of kids being stupid. And this is exactly what they said. They said, you're being detained. We're, we're, we're impounding your car. Unless you come back with $600 at six by six o'clock in the morning. What? If you bring us $600 at six o'clock in the morning, we will release your car. This is a true story. You, uh, my friends will corroborate this story. So we're like, okay, shit. And we were young. All of our money together, we had like $13.88. Literally, I, I literally think we had like $13 or $14 altogether. So this was before cell phones too. So we had, so the police let us go and we needed someone to come pick us up at the border because my car was impounded. So we had to go to a payphone and we start calling everyone. And this is in the middle of the night. That means the parents are answering the phone and they had to give it to the kids. So luckily, we called all these people. The one person that answered was Chris Tinkle, my friend Chris. <laughs> and so Chris full, answered, yeah. Full names, but it's yeah. fine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, well you, you can edit that out if you want later. I, uh, I'm not, I don't edit this shit. It's just, yeah. so, you should have been warned. <laughs> yeah. so, luckily, Chris answers the phone. We're like, dude, we're in big trouble, man. We got to collect $600 by 6 o'clock in the morning. You got to come pick us up. He's like, okay, I'll be right there. It was oh. so him to do that so he came he picked us up and he had this convertible jeep i remember oh fuck yeah this yeah guy's cool yeah he was super cool and we were mind it we're still young stupid and wasted right and oh, so yeah our goal for the night was we were going to go knock on all of our friends. We were going to go door to door to each one of our friends' houses so that we could collect six hundred dollars to go take it back to the border to get my car back. So we had just gotten in the car we're driving down I-10 and then all of a sudden, the, his Jeep, we hadn't even made it to one house yet. He runs out of fucking gas. He runs out of gas right on like right on the exit going to UTEP, uh, uh, the, 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 the University of Chris. Texas. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. He picked us up on an empty tank. And what so his app- car oh. stopped. And we're just like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? So we had to get out. And we were going to walk to the nearest gas station and get a tank, you know, get a little. So we're using out of the $13 that we had, we had to buy a, a, some gas. So anyways, I was furious at this point. I was like, I was drunk and I was really pissed. And I was walking by this stop sign. And I was like, fucking government, fuck the government. And I grabbed this stop sign and I start shaking the shit out of it. I start shaking this stop sign very violently. And sure, and this was on the UTEP campus. And I, the stop sign came out. It, I broke it <laughs> and, I it up and I threw it in the middle of the road. This no! Where I'm not making this, this is a true story. Of the I-10. <laughs> the international, no, the, this oh, was oh. off of I-10. We were walking up uh, Schuster Avenue, which is where you, it's going right through UTEP because there was a gas station up at the, the top of that corner. So we're all walking. So I throw, I throw the sign in the middle of the road. We go, we get the tank of gas, the little gallon of gas. We come back, we put it in his truck. And then we were driving up the road, Schuster, because we were going to go to a friend's house. And what do we see in lying in the middle of the road was the stop sign that I had just pulled out. And we're like, pick it up. <laughs> Mind you, we're young and drunk and still stupid. Uh, so I remember Dan and I were sitting in the back. We get out. We, we grab this stop sign and we're holding it in his convertible Jeep. And we're driving up. And our stupid asses were actually going to throw it through a car, a, a parked car window oh, Jesus, because we were young and stupid. So we're, we're holding this stop sign in the back and we're like, ready? Chris is driving. Me and Dan are in the back. We're like, one, two. I swear to God at the count of two. Woo! <laughs> right behind us. And we turn around and there's a cop right behind us. And he pulled us over while we're holding the stop sign up in a convertible Jeep. So <laughs> we just dropped the stop sign. We're like, oh, my God, this is the worst night ever. Cop comes up. Everyone give me your IDs. We all give him the IDs. And then uh, we, he goes back. He's in his car for like a good 15 minutes. And we're just shitting ourselves. We're like, does he know that my car is detained? Like, you know, does he know what's happening right now? Blah, blah, blah. He comes back. He's like, which one of y'all is Sammy Nassar? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And I just like kind of raised my hand. He's like, get out of the car. And he grabbed me. <gasps> grabbed me and I literally jumped. I didn't even open the door. I went over the back and then he just throws me up against. He's like, spread your legs. And he starts frisking me. I'm like, what is going on? He's like, you have a, <laughs> you have a warrant for your arrest. I was like, oh my God. So it turns out that I had gotten a speeding ticket like several months before this happened. And my dad told me, don't worry, I'll take care of it. He said, I have a lawyer friend. My lawyer will take care of it. And dad. apparently forgot to take care of my speeding <laughs> ticket because I was this irresponsible teenager and I didn't know better. So that ticket turned into a warrant. So I got arrested and I got taken to jail. So anyways, it's about now we, we didn't get the money. My car is still impounded. I, I just got arrested for the second time in one <laughs> night. So I had to call my, my dad at about seven o'clock in the morning when after the, you know, I was booked and everything I called and I'm like shaking. I'm like, Dad, uh, I got arrested. I told him what happened. And, and you know, he was understanding. He's like, uh, it, this is my fault. I didn't pay your ticket. So he comes and he picks me up. And I cannot look him in the face because he, did, he, he didn't know that I was going to Juarez. He didn't know I had just gotten arrested. He didn't know about anything. So I get in the car and I can't look at him. He's like, it's okay. This is my fault. You know, it's not a big deal. He's like, where's your car? <laughs> Let's go pick up your car. So I had to confess everything. I had to tell him my car is detained at the border of Juarez. And I told him how I got arrested. Oh, man. And that was, uh, yeah, that was uh, my, that, <laughs> yeah. 
it was not good. My dad, he was so pissed. Oh, I never forget the look on his face. And I don't blame him. I was very disappointed in myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those lessons that you don't so, walk away from unchanged. Right. So we never got the, you know, the, the we had to end up getting my car out of the impound and uh, oh, yeah, definitely uh, caused a lot of problems. <laughs> and not to mention you had a stretched out butthole because you got. <laughs> yeah, 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 I did. And I had How cough. many fingers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not like a foot. <laughs> I I think uh, when I recount some of my alcohol and drugs, my various alcohol and drug stories, I, I was a, I was a pretty heavy partier too. My uh, stop sign equivalent was carrying uh, a broken tree across Echo Park for some reason. A broken tree, broken like you know tree. how like so they have like planted new trees. <laughs> and it was so it was like it, it like it felt like it was like a large it, it was a, the size of a large branch but it was an actual tree that i decided to to carry up and down echo park like <laughs> then someone had, anyway i i just the boldness of you're like you know what this is a good idea we're gonna hoist the stop sign above our heads this like is unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable. Okay, so I'm going to read a couple of these hot takes about Gen Z, uh, Gen X, and I want to see if you guys relate to them at all. And a okay. couple people were really rude. <laughs> um, Heath H says apathy. Oh, so my question was just so that the, you can hear their prompt. We talk about the differences between generations on my podcast. What do you think makes Gen X Gen X? This is the question. Uh, Aaron V says when ecstasy was first introduced. Ooh. Nick, I'm looking at you. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> sure. That's it's true. I mean that 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 was the heyday. But what late '80s, '90s was the heyday yeah. of, of ecstasy? Yeah. Everyone has really interesting names. Jennifer J. Uh, trauma bonding due to neglect and abandonment. Oh, wow. Oh, I could see, I could see that. I mean, our families were good. I'm not good, but you know, yeah. families that, that, that stuck together. So oh, we, didn't, we didn't really have that, but I think, yeah, I think, I think the divorce rate was very high mm -hmm. during that period of time. Like, I like, see. Un, that's when the divorce rate had really increased compared to traditional uh, numbers in the past. And I think people were becoming more independent and they're more yeah. like, why stay in a marriage you're not happy with, mm -hmm. which then may have resulted in a lot more quote unquote broken homes. It started becoming less taboo to get divorced. But common. still they didn't have coping mechanisms with which to deal with it or, or like healthy ways to split with the kids or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't know yet how that impact it had on the kids. Um, yes. hundred percent. Uh, um, Amy, Amy R says complete lack of emotion. It literally held no meaning in our childhoods. Wait, what? Oh, wait, what? What? Didn't this hold was their take. Amy R says complete lack of emotion is what separates our generations. It held literally held no meaning in our childhood. I don't know that I understood it, so I asked for real. And and Donna S said if we had allowed ourselves to feel, we would have been basket cases with no help available. Hmm. The way I interpret that is you didn't, there was no, yes, there was no outlet for talking about your emotions. Uh, emotions weren't that, that's not like today by today's standards. Right. 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 That's huge. I mean, and that is, you know, like one of the quote unquote criticisms of that, that like boomers have about, you know, millennials and uh, Gen Z where it's like, Oh, safe spaces and trigger warnings. Like they poo poo all that stuff. Like, you know, cause back in the day it was like, suck it up. 
Mm-hmm. Right, right. Up. Yeah. So, you know, if you had anything emotionally going on with you, you were known, you were probably dubbed as being weak. Mm-hmm. So you just had to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. You know, if you're two years old and you're getting kicked out of, or not two years, if you're in second grade and you're getting kicked out of your school, nobody sat down and said, hey, what's really going on here? They said, oh, hey, here's this other nice family. Be friends with this boy. (laughs) Maybe we'll learn from him. Which does have its positive effects depending on who you meet, you know? But I just want you, the the Masu boys, Masu boys, I think we had a reputation for being like good kids. Yeah, you guys are great kids. Masu boys. The, the Masu boys, the good kids. And then the Nassar boys kind of had the same, uh, except maybe for me, maybe I might have been the black sheep. But yeah, yeah. But our, we come from good families. Like yeah. the, that's a very big thing. Like this, oh, they come from a good family. So when my parents introduced me to Paul as as he's my new best friend, it's because they were you were a good family. So they want us good families want to be friends with other good families, like quote unquote good family. Well, you know, it, it's their own whatever parameters they have to make someone a good family is what they believed. And that's, you know, that's true enough, but there's definitely like a foundation of like a lot of heart in Nick that I, you know, that, that, that makes it easy for him and I to be friends, but there's a lot of heart and presence in you too. And that usually does beget like at least a present family, right? People that cared about you enough to make sure that you survived to some extent. Sure. Yeah, and, And I have the memory of meeting your family, you know, I didn't have this the feeling of like, oh, here's your best, this is gonna be your best friend. But I had the memory of like, these are your new friends. Like this yeah. is these, you know, I remember I remember going over to your house. Like that's the image I have. It's being at your house. I remember your living room, uh, or your one of your living rooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there, we had three. Yeah. What? It, was, it was a really large house. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's why the parties were so huge because the house was huge. <laughs> we could hold Sounds a lot of Sounds incredible. Yeah. <laughs> kind of overdid it. My parents overdid it on the house back then. Yeah. I oh, don't yeah. blame them as like new to the country and be like, fuck it. Yeah, we can. <laughs> uh, the American dream come true. You know, totally. came... The American dream with the old world feel. Yeah. Marble floors. Yeah. 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 The, the Egyptian uh, <laughs> brass, Egyptian heads. And uh, oh. it was like a museum. Like literally, it was literally like a museum. Yeah. It would have been on uh, in Beverly Hills somehow and, and a big deal, it sounds like. So, like this house was in Beverly Hills. It, right to today uh, it'd be a 10 million dollar house at maybe? least yeah. and back then it would i think they bought it for like two hundred fifty thousand. el paso <laughs> was so cheap yeah it was a huge Which house is expensive yeah. in the, that time frame that's a, that's yeah, a high it price point house back then i think yeah. now it's, it's, it's worth at least a million plus now because the, the other people our neighbors bought it from us actually and then they completely remodeled it and now it's now it's even a bigger nicer house oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a good party house that's for sure wow i love yeah it probably had a really lo- fun like certain certain houses felt safer than others like fun and home what i'm sorry nick yeah. i can't hear you what it was a, it was a really long house you know it was not a two-story house it was like a, it was like a, imagine like a two or even a three-story house but Sep- but just attached in a very long house. We used to ride our bikes down the hallway, literally. We would, we would ride our bikes as fast as we can all the way down the hallway. And then at the end, it would end in one of the living rooms that had stairs. And we would jump the stairs into the living room inside the house. This like, is amazing. How, how you guys are alive, I'll never understand. Uh, so Natalie S. says, go with the flow. Doesn't mean we like it, but we accept circumstances for what they are and adjust as necessary. For instance, I enjoyed being a latchkey kid. I had independence, responsibility, and got to eat a snack and watch cartoons without interruptions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was that that's saying that that's characteristic of Gen X? Yeah. 
I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Watching well, cartoons and, and what, eating snacks uninterrupted? Is that what you said? Well, yeah, because they were a latchkey kid, uh, which I think that was a newer concept because of the divorce and, like, working two, – two working parents. Mm -hmm. But even, even with parents who were together, it still was the same thing of, like, yeah, go – whatever, go do your thing. Yeah. Right. You know, watch – you want to watch TV and have snacks, you know, like – Just don't choke. Yeah, just don't, don't choke. <laughs> right, right. You know, and also like just like I, you know, you just think about like as a kid, we used to just run around the streets. Mm. You know, now granted, so you know, it's not like we're living in a larger city or whatnot. I don't know if it was different uh, at that time for other people, but literally at a young age, you're running around the streets unsupervised. See, you at the end of the day, yeah, wow. And this I was did. before, uh, you know, this is when kids used to actually play outside and drink out of hoses. And, you know, we, we didn't have uh, cell phones or iPads. And well, we so that's the thing play. is we drank out of hoses, too, and played outside. But we were only allowed to play within six houses. So, like, uh, like we could do that stuff. And we didn't have, like, I didn't, me, meaning, like, a core millennial, didn't have a cell phone that, uh, of my own until I was in my 20s. But I had to sh the first cell phone I had was in high school. That I had to share with my brother. And now I get it. Like, and you guys had beepers and shit too. So you weren't <laughs> not connected. No, only no. drug dealers. Nobody had beepers. <laughs> if you had a beeper, you were a drug dealer. You were either a doctor or a drug <laughs> dealer. Yeah, doctor For real? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. If you I had a see. beeper. <laughs> Weird. Okay. The, uh, the so basically, a lot of the people that respond, we got like fifty responses. A lot of people have a lot of opinions what they think Gen X means to them. Uh, but a lot of the answers were like apathy 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 and the last one i'll share with you um is lisa y says inability to care about your podcast no <laughs> but all the love anyway and i said to her maybe don't respond at all <laughs> nice to say don't say it at all yeah you're saying gen xers have an inability to love our podcast yeah oh well, like, like their apathy stretches that far that we just don't give a shit about your podcast. Oh, <laughs> sure. Great. Well, I'll tell you what, there's been strangely, this podcast has seeped out to people. I had never thought like the fact that Andrea heard it or yeah. like this. Yeah. And I had another buddy of mine be like, Hey, my pediatricians, you know, yeah. told me I was on your, I, you mentioned my name on your podcast. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I heard about it from Paul. And then, and then uh, my friend Andrea sent me the link to actually listen to the one that I listened to when you were talking about the buzz. I was like, this is amazing. Well, and uh, that's why I think that was our most listened to episode, because I think it's read like wildfire in your group of people going, yeah. Oh fuck, Nick's talking about us. <laughs> and everyone's like, all right, well, let's see what he's got to say. Um, so to, to let you guys finish your early morning beer escapade um, and catching up. I want to wrap it up with talking. So again, we mentioned in this deep dive that Nick and I do, that's exclusive to our Patreon members. Uh, it, we talked about the, the mind in our first episode and Nick shared with us that his very sweet two-year-old daughter slaps him in the face. <laughs> Like, and loves it. She loves it. She loves it. Like, she slaps, like, just out of nowhere. She Can you blame her, though? Can you just slap someone in the face and get away with it? Wouldn't she just do it? Like, if it was accepted, you know, the children could get away with anything, and they, they know it. So she just gives you a slap. Oh, what are you going to do? Slap me back? No. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's as if she knows. It's as if she knows. And, uh, and so 
Nick kind of came full circle and said, hey, maybe this is karma for all the slapping me and my friends did. So, Sammy, why did why are you a slow? <laughs> so, OK, the slapping thing, that's uh, OK. I remember uh, my friend Mike uh, I, I, Parker is the one that started the slap like and Paul like, well, OK, was well, actually I think it started with the pillow boxing. Remember the pillow boxing oh, we used yeah. to do in your living room? So we'd all go over to, to Nick's house and we'd do pillow boxing where we'd literally clench pillows and use them as boxing gloves and we would punch the shit out. We would actually have round one, round two. And that sounds incredible. That sounds incredible. Yeah. And sometimes and the pillow might slip, slip and yeah. then the punch and the fist comes forward. Yeah, yeah. That, that happened. It some, started some bloody noses. Yeah. I remember uh, I punched Paul in the face and uh, there was some blood and then he punched his his pillow slip. We were both uh kind of hurting and then i i remember there was a slap uh, i remember like we slapped i think he slapped me and then we kind of started just slapping each other and it, it started turning into like a joke where you would slap someone out of nowhere and paul slaps hard <laughs> i mean and then it turned into this game where we would just out of nowhere slap the shit out of someone when they least expect it and it, the game got a little bit <laughs> it got a little bit too violent but uh yeah um it, it, it went on for many, many years. I haven't slapped someone or gotten slapped in, in a while, but I also haven't been around my friends enough. So maybe I'm, I'm stuck up here in the mountains. But uh, you know what? I think I'm going to slap Paul today. Slap I'm going to slap the shit out of him and just be like, you know what? That's for 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, Nick, just, I think there's only one way to end this podcast right now. And do you uh -oh. know what it is? <laughs> Double what? slap. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was there with you, Sammy. Uh, just, just for the record, you you consent to having all this outside, out in the world, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Is, my it, parents don't listen to podcasts, so it's okay. <laughs> dude, if my mother only knew what Nick, what this one before you end, I just got to get this in. This whole time, this whole time, Jess, while we're doing this podcast. I keep looking over because out of the corner of my eye, I'm going to shit you not. I could see this. I could see you doing this. I get so annoyed with him, Sammy, when he's like distracted. Out of the corner of my eye. Is this a candle? It's a candle. Actually, Andrea gave me that. The same girl who sent me the link to your podcast. Let me show you. Do you want to know what, what this candle says? Hey, I got you. I got, I got you a candle, Jess. Oh, Nick. So great. Thank you. You just say what candle? Okay, what Jesus. What candle, Nick? These nuts! <laughs> well, you gotta read the tense. Like, like the, the, the reason it's called these nuts. Like, look, it's got the the, uh, the candle's uh, called these nuts. Banana nut bread, toasted coconut, and hazelnut. Shut the fuck up! Can you hold that up again for us? Can you take a picture? Oh, yeah, no, I'm doing it right now. Hold on. Oh my God, this is so dumb. <laughs> uh, this is like the first thing that Nick taught me about was these nuts. Now, oh, now, now, Sam was the king of the. I was. Nuts. I will. Was I will accept that title with no hesitation. I, I need both of you for the cover photo of this episode to take a selfie with these nuts, please. Yeah. We need to immortalize <laughs> Sammy uh, as our second ever guest. Uh, Sammy, says these nuts. What? Oh my god! It says these nuts on it. Yeah. Selfishly, I want to know if I lived up to the hype for you, Sammy. You're awesome. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is. I've never done anything like this. 
you know, I was a little nervous at first, but uh, it just went so smoothly. It's already been, I think we went overtime, actually. And I never even told the Slammer story. And, I mean, there, there's still so many stories that, 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 that you know, we could do. The Slammer more. story. Well, here's the thing. I right. want to hear the Slammer story, but Maybe I also want. part two down the road. I, I think that's what's going to have to happen because there's nothing like, A, leaving them wanting more. <laughs> and be not satisfying anything that you promised to anybody. Fuck, I really want to know the Slimer story, but that is for another time. Sammy, the pleasure was mine today. Oh, well, thank you. The pleasure, it's its it's been an absolute pleasure to do this. It's been fun, just a little something different for me and talk about some reminisce of some old times that I haven't thought about in a while. And I like that you brought that back out of my memory and made me... Uh, feel old <laughs> oh my god you have no idea how this podcast is really making me come to terms with not being very relevant anymore so it's been an interesting it's been an interesting journey and also uh you if ever i need to replace nick you're an easy candidate thank you yeah i think you know let's just go ahead and agree nick you're out sorry yeah. uh <laughs> jess uh tomorrow same time same channel oh same shit let's you're even more available than nick is Bye, Nick. Bye, Nick. Bye, Sammy. Bye, Jess. Bye. Good times. Nichols, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Nick and I really love doing this podcast for you. We love doing it together. We love talking about what the generational experience is like from different perspectives. And we really look forward to hearing from different things that you have to contribute to us as well. If you become a patron today, you could ask us questions if you're at a certain tier. You can get early access to episodes if we're able to get them done in time for you. You'll get sick-ass merch. And if we can find the time, a monthly deep dive where Nick and I go deep on topics that we're passionate about but aren't necessarily through the generational lens. Become a patron today. Become an official Nickel. Go to patreon.com slash you don't own Nick to find out more ways you can support our podcast. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Nickels. Now that was a JLV production.